0: Going on, and welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to people about the most interesting things in music, in film, in TV, everything under the pop culture umbrella. And today, Ryan, we have got a couple of legends. Yes, yes, (laughs) we've got some legends (laughs) in the house. Uh, Vin Rock and DJ KG from Naughty by Nature. Ryan, did you ever think we would have two members of Naughty by Nature on this podcast?
1: Uh, you know, as a No, <laughs> but but at the same time, I expect nothing less because I think that's the difference about the Rockman Power Hour is you can't and other podcasts is you can't really put baby in a corner. No, you know, no. <laughs> to quote Dirty Dancing for some it's reason, Okay. Um, the the amazing thing about this show and what I love about it is that, uh, you know, all all are all are welcome when it comes to musical genre. And I almost wish. I had the brain I had now when I was growing up because by the time I was a teenager I was told, "Hey, if you're a punk guy, you can only listen the to punk, punk music." Rock, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know what dick had told me that, but I kind of <laughs> wish I could put him up on a basketball hoop and punch him in the balls <laughs> because uh, you know, later in life you reflect upon, you know, just when you're a kid, when I was a kid in 93, all I heard was sounds. Mm. It wasn't genres. It wasn't styles. I didn't know. I barely knew what a band was. It was just music. And all I know is that when you you could do a scientific survey and you can play the the hook to Hip Hop Array and you would even see a British guard yep. probably start reacting start doing, yeah, to exactly. it eventually. Well, it,
0: it, it's one of those songs, yeah. right? It's one of those legendary songs. Kind of like Pop Goes the World, uh, kind of like... Um, Safety dance. It's one of those songs that uh is a worldwide phenomenon. And
1: uh or, or even rock and roll-wise, it's uh, something like Pennywise Broham. Just yeah, you don't need to even know how to speak English to know this vibe. <laughs> yeah, when you, and hear- you can connect with people all around the world, you could live stream cameras and 27 countries and they would all be doing it and that's a beautiful thing that's what a true anthem is right
0: 100 uh all right Mm. but before we get too far ahead let's thank uh everybody that's helped us out on this podcast all of you thank you for uh being here we appreciate you and please if you are enjoying the podcast like uh subscribe hit the bell so you know um when new episodes are dropped and just let us know what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, It's overwhelming sometimes to think that there's so many people that are watching and enjoying this journey. And, and you know, we, we just want to keep growing this Ryan. And I love doing this. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to talk, like you said, to anybody that we want to talk to. And it's so great to not have somebody going, well, I don't really think that fits our demographic. Hey, This fits my demographic. (laughs) I like
1: the idea. That's what I'm saying. I'm so glad we're not like 16-year-old idiots. Yeah, I know,
0: but I like the idea of having anybody we want on this podcast. So thank you for helping us make this as inclusive and as exciting as it can be. Uh, And thank you to our sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They truly are the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. I have been jiving on this one. It's my second bottle I've gotten through. It's the uh, number 44 Ryan Ellis and of course, as you know, Heartbeat getting really involved with NASCAR, getting involved with the UFC, their official hot sauce of the UFC. And uh, they've got so many band-branded sauces now. They're just incredible. So thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And if you use our promo code ROCKMAN20, you'll get 20% off your entire order of Heartbeat Hot Sauce. So thank you to them. Um, and our th- Ryan, listen, this is big. Um, Naughty by Nature, 30th anniversary of their album, 1993. Love that! Yeah. I love the play on that. Nineteen ninety-three uh, came out in ninety-three, and they call—I mean, just just that whole clever um, twist on everything. I, I loved all of that in in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and and the hip hop guys were the best at that. So, this is getting a beautiful reissue. Um, it's coming out on vinyl. It's coming out on cassette. Coming out on CD, and they're celebrating this record. Which, like, uh, Vin alludes to in the interview it broke the sophomore jinx for them it broke the sophomore jinx everyone thought after opp there were one hit wonders and they very much were not that at all and still to this day people identify with naughty by nature people go check them out and um and they've got a lot going on so i don't know about you i'm hyped as you can say this conversation was a lot of fun and uh let's get to it right away let's do it right now vin rock and dj kg from naughty by nature All right, well first of all thank you so much for uh, for joining us today on the Rockman Power Hour uh Vin Rock from the legendary Naughty by Nature um mm-hmm. big big year for you guys 30th anniversary of uh 1993 uh such an important record in hip hop uh if anything it was the it was the record where you guys proved that you weren't one hit wonders that you guys had a lot more to say than just but you know the 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 the, the success of the debut so uh how does it feel looking back 30 years that, you know, uh, 30 years back on a record like this, that was so influential to so many people. I know
2: it was 30 years ago uh, that we got over the sophomore jinx, you know, so exactly. coming up yeah. the success of the debut album, like you said, with songs like OPP and everything's going to be all right. Then Uptown Anthem to come right back on our second album and have a smash like hip hop hooray. It yeah. was perfect timing. And when you look back all these years, you realize how lucky and how blessed you are, you know?
0: Oh yeah, and the thing is I think it speaks to to so many different moving parts in the in the group. I mean, you know, the, the 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 lyrical prowess, you know, the MC skills, the production, the timing, um the cameos on the record, the you know, the video production. I mean, just when you and and it's funny cuz when it was all going on, it was just kind of it was just part of that golden time of hip hop, you know, when hip hop was right. really coming to, into its own. You know, you guys almost ushered that 90s sound. Um, You guys are such a big part of that bedrock for what became um, an incredible wave of hip hop, you know, that, that, that went right into the decade, but now, uh, you know, uh, I think we got KG coming in. Let's get him in here. (laughs) Okay. All right. But it, but it really, really was a magic time for hip hop, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's why we call
2: it the naughty nineties, you know, because we (laughs) ushered in the nineties with OPP in 91 And then everyone else basically came after us in that decade. So we're staking our claim. We opened up the 90s. And, yeah, it was definitely a great time. People call it the golden era in hip-hop. So, yeah, it was great times. Really,
0: really happy to have um, DJ KG with us. How are you, sir?
3: Hey, what's up? What's
0: going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. And uh, we were just discussing with Vin, um, you know, the importance of this record and the fact that 30 years later, here we are celebrating – the record that was you know the one that broke the sophomore jinx for you guys.
3: Yeah, Hey Pop array, yes, definitely. Yep. <laughs> great times. Can't believe it's 30 years, but hey, time flies and we're still here having fun, so it's
0: great. And it's really really cool because we've, you know, we've got a lot to unpack obviously the 30th anniversary of this record. We've got new stuff coming uh, that I want to touch on as well. Um and all the stuff in between. So, first of all, what have you guys been doing for the last little bit because I know Um, it's from what I'm seeing, both of you are still very active in in the hip hop community and in production and in music and everything.
2: Yeah, well, since the pandemic, um, since the pandemic, of course, everyone got shut down, you know, right. and everyone had to rethink their business, the business model. But fortunately for us during the pandemic, we were already into e-com. We had a robust, you know, online shop. We got into the metaverse, in particular, the uh, Immersed metaverse with the headset. So we were doing virtual concerts in Altspace VR, teleportation concerts. Uh, we got introduced to a whole new, tech community out there who grew up on us as fans and they're really talented, skillful people. So that was a whole nother dynamic for us. Then, you know, as you saw, a lot of companies or VCs, firms were buying people's publishing and royalties. So we did the deep dive and just took inventory of our musical assets and we did find some good money there. And you know, we just kind of repositioned ourselves on top of the fact that we had already been uh, setting up and promoting our new venture, Illtown Sluggers. And then, you know, after the pandemic last year, twenty twenty two, KG and I as Illtown Sluggers, we went on tour with Donnie Wahlberg and New Kids on the Block, and yeah. it was so pepper and in vogue and rick ashley so yeah we've been very busy finding new fans you know taking inventory and stock of our assets and just positioning ourselves for the future basically
1: um something uh, i absolutely love about this song and uh you know it's been part of me my whole life you know it's kind of like when you play it again and all of a sudden it takes me back to almost a better time. But uh, back in '93, when the world was so new and music was so new and so exciting, and uh, you know, rap stars, rock rock stars, they all just seem like gods to us kids. These untouchable people coming through, blasting through speakers, through CDs and tapes, and uh, just just watching this video, it just it's kind of funny because what I heard and what I projected in my mind is exactly what this video captures. <laughs> it's um. It's an anthem, but not the one that they teach you in school. It's the anthem you chase after, anthem you want to know and learn. Did that chant come from your live performances that you indoctrinated into a song? Because, uh, you know, that unifying chant and wave, it's amazing how you can bring so many people together who don't know each other, but at the same time could give each other that knowing look and make a connection with each other and say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know this. Dude. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, there's a two part, you know, the chant. Um, obviously, you know, we started off in the clubs and we come from an era where you had to rock parties. Mm-hmm. So when you think about our record making style, that was built from us coming out of the clubs, having to win over the crowd and having to get the crowd involved with us you know, in order to have a good show. Next was this was before we even had records out. So we transferred that energy and that style of our live performance into the studio and started making records. So we already were doing that. That's why you got OPP from the door and all of those different things like that, even Uptown Anthem. We're going to break. We're going to bash all those different sing along, all of those different join in. Come on, sing along with me. And then we continued it on with Hip Hop Array. And that was something, once again, that the crowd was doing in New York, in the clubs. They were just, you know, any song would just come on and they just having a fun and they're having a part, and there's a party. And they're like, hey, ho, just as an extension of, of every, somebody say, hey, hey, somebody say, ho, ho, or somebody say whatever. You know, it was an extension of that. And then the second part of that, the the hand waving part came when we first performed for Cameo Summer Jam. We just went out there with Hip Hop Array for the first time and said, let's just test this crap, this song out to the audience and let's just see how it comes across. Because we were thinking about putting it out as our first single. Nobody had heard the song yet. Tommy Boy, the record company, nobody heard it. So we just decided to do it. And when we put the song on, Tretch just threw his hands up. Everybody else in the crowd put their hands up. And then that's where that was born at. So there you have it. The two parts of it, you know. The parts of hip hop array. We we call it
0: interactive hip-hop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were see you were on this way before everybody.
1: Um yeah. but it,
0: but it's true, you can see the birth of you know the callback, like you know, the MC callback, and that that's classic in hip-hop. Um, you know, like throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Like that had been around for a while. So I can see how that, you know, but it's just I think what's amazing about this, about this record, about this song, about this band is that. There's so many things about your band that were anthemic, but then when you go deeper into the records and deeper into the, the the non-singles, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of social consciousness that was going on, as was in in, you know, I'm I'm 52. So this is right on my sweet spot of hip-hop. You know, this You're is right in my formative years, right out of those magical 80s into the 90s, and into, you know, like we were mentioning before, uh, before uh KG came on, Vin, there, you guys kind of ushered that 90s sound. Uh, you guys, you you, 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 opened doors for all these other bands to come in. We broke through a different style in the 90s. When we came through a 90s, it was a different style, yeah. A different style
3: that kind of, you know, started bringing, you know, not only it being commercial, but also raw and edgy, you know, that allowed, you know, then a lot of stuff started coming even after that. You know, the Onyxes of the world, the Cypress right. Hills. The yeah. Wu Tang plans, the Big Dog and Death Row, a lot of that started coming after that. So we did usher, we ushered in a different brand, and and the thing is, is that we were right at the top of the nineties of right. what they call the golden era of hip hop. We came right. out in ninety one, you know, right. so we were we were kicking off the top of the nineties, and, no, and, and 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 in no way are we saying that we created it or we're, we're responsible. No, 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 no. Of course, we right. just we just did what we did. And like you said, it was a new era, and it was changing the times of the '90s. And we just happened to be at the right place at the right time, and allowing us, you know, to run DMCs and even the loss, you know, Queen Latte for the Flavor Unit, Public yeah. Enemy, all of those guys laid the groundwork. Run right? all of them; they laid the groundwork for us to do it in our way. Coming sure, into the sure.
0: but, but I think what you guys did do is you showed that there could be commercial crossover appeal because you guys were huge. You know, and, and that's the thing yeah. that you guys had that crossover appeal that maybe got a lot of kids to look back on other bands and go, oh, there's all this other stuff. So it's it's a lot of cross-pollinization. And it's it, if anything, yeah. it's everybody just bringing the whole thing up together. Absolutely. Yeah, and Absolutely. Another
2: another special um part of it was, you know, MTV were very receptive to hip hop and oh, they were oh, yeah. just starting your MTV raps and just exposing hip hop to their audience or what that audience was. But I kind of missed that era because it was really rock and you had bands like Limp Bizkit and, yeah. and all of those guys. So you had the rock and hip hop thing going on along with hip hop. And it was just a good fusion. And to have both crowds like there rocking out the rock music and hip hop and fusing
3: it all together. It was definitely great, great times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you had Korn, you had um, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. You know those things like that. You know you had uh, us hip hop guys. That's why Nirvana even to us, like you had us hip hop guys. It's like loving that 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 as well. So it was like you said, Ben. That was a, definitely a great time
0: and And crossover is so important. Um you know, Ryan and I uh, we we're, we're really good friends with Daryl McDaniels. Uh, we've we've done collaborations with DMC on the music side. Uh, Daryl is the ultimate rock and roll collaborator. I mean, he I think he identifies more as a rock and roll guy than he does as a hip hop guy. and right. uh, and, and, it, and hmm. it's just so refreshing to see uh, at the base of it, you know, I've always thought this that hip hop and rock and metal are very much cut from the same cloth in terms of the energy and the message. So I think yeah, that's yeah. why those two musics would always gravitate towards each other. Yeah. Like, so. like,
3: we like to call it rebellious music. Like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: yeah. um, so I got to ask you, I mean, what was it like, you know, I've, I, I've gotten a chance to to, to talk with Spike. Um, I, I have a hard time keeping composure when I talk with him because he's just such a legend. Um, but what was it like for you guys being on set and having Spike direct one of your videos?
2: Wow, that was crazy because Spike Lee was red hot back then, you know, so you had to fight fire with fire. So we were on fire and for our team to reach out to Spike and give him the opportunity or at least ask him to direct the video, once he committed, we were like, wow, man, this is Spike Lee, you know. And to have him come to our hometown of East Orange, New Jersey, right there on the block where we grew up at and played and did dirt on, we were like, man, this is historic. And then he took us to Brooklyn, his hometown. So it was a Jersey Brooklyn thing. And so we were like, wow, we definitely arrived. And like you said, with all of the cameos, Run DMC, you know, Eazy-E, Queen Latifah on, just doubling down and establishing our logo and our brand it was like, God, just the perfect storm, perfect soup. And and hey, we, we took off from there. That definitely killed the sophomore jinx. Uh,
1: I got to ask about that music video, though. Uh, there's so much going on in it, like so many setups, like just as someone who makes music videos, I just got to wonder, A, like, how long did it actually take to shoot? And B, whose idea was it to go sit on the basketball net? Because I was watching up there. And I'm just like, if that was me either two things would happen. My bandmates <laughs> would throw a basketball at my nuts or I'd fall <laughs> the fuck off of it. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Like, I, it was a combination, honestly. I, I know, I remember um, Tretch having a lot of different ideas of what he wanted to do when it, with it um, almost looking like Fat Albert. Mm. Like, like a junkyard scene. That's why you mm. see us in the um, like the alleyway, and that's why you see the guys playing on the buckets and the different things. So that was Tretch's idea, and the rest of the stuff it was like it was Spike Lee's idea. Because even that that scene you're talking about, the basketball court, that was in Brooklyn. So that was Spike mm. Lee set up, and that was Spike's idea on that part.
2: Yeah, and we had a ladder. I remember climbing up there and and doing that scene. Another thing, um, I was just
3: Definitely, watching. You sure ain't jump up there. <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> now, and another thing, um, we were watching a video. I was watching a video with actually another uh Zoom call or whatever, and I said, "You notice one thing in the video? All the women are dressed." <laughs> right. So yeah. that was unique back then too, compared to now. You know, our girls—they mm. were rocking now. They had on the lumberjacks, and yeah, you know, I kissed the bitches back then. So that was that was a good, good, good time as well.
0: Um, you know, you're talking about uh, the logo and the branding. The, the logo and the branding of this band has always been on point. Um, I, I would say, I would dare to say, right up there with Run DMC and with Public Enemy in terms of brand recognition. You know, when someone sees the Naughty by Nature logo with the baseball bat, like that is that's that's classic. Who came up with that?
2: Uh, there was a guy, Mark Weinberg. He was the art director, and Monica Lynch from okay. Tommy Boy. So she was head of marketing, one of the you know people running the label. So she did great jobs with Queen Latifah, De La Soul, Digital Mm -hmm. Underground with their band identity and their brand identity. So yeah, her and um, Mark Weinberg came up with it. And Mark, you know, once we gave them specs and she gave ideas, Mark was at a dinner table and as he said, he took a napkin and took out his little grease pencil crayon and started playing around with ideas. And when he initially wrote it, he showed Monica and they were like, bet. And they showed us, but then we needed something else. You know, yeah, we all felt heavy. that there was something else we needed. And eventually we came up with the bat. But we have a viral video, well, a um YouTube video with Mark explaining how he came up with the bat. You would think that the bat and the words were made in the same perspective, but you know, he did the the logo, the wording on a on a dinner napkin, but the bat was on like maybe a foot, foot and a half piece of paper and he scaled it down and put it under the bat. I mean, put it under the word. So yeah, that was a great job, man. And we were able to lock it in and, and double down and triple down on the investment. And yeah. the rest is history.
0: I mean, it's still one of the, I think it's one of the most sought after shirts when it comes to, you know, uh showing your love for that era, you know, and, and that's, that, that that's what makes the whole package, you know, that's what, you know, and that again, that's the rock world, you know, every kid, wants to have a misfits t-shirt every kid wants to have um you know wants to have that black flag shirt or whatever you know those logos that are iconic so that is very very true in the hip-hop world too you know an anthrax t-shirt a metallica shirt an iron maiden shirt a judas priest shirt logos are really important and branding's important Yeah, yeah definitely
3: yeah, and I think that's the only thing that's that's slightly missing in today's new artists or in today's music. You know, with everything being digital, you know, you mm. miss the line notes, you miss reading credits. Oh, you also okay. miss the opportunity to market, you know, these, you know, logos. Yeah, you know, you know the artist's name, but shoot, primarily now artists don't even really have a logo. If you actually you had to ask most of them or if you had to picture yourself or just say, hey, across the board, hey, what's such and such logo? You probably have to sit there and think hard. You're right. You're right. you absolutely yeah, and, right. And a lot of times
2: now you don't even connect a band or a face to the music. You know, it's kind of like so much music out there that you just hear songs. You never really connect an artist to those songs. And you definitely never connect branding and logos to the song. So it's like everything is so disposable and microwavable and fast turning and it's crazy but you know we're we're glad we appreciate the 90s that was a defining moment in hip-hop and for what we were able to do and for what we were able to package you know in our era you'll always have the run dmcs the wu-tang clans uh yeah. um, the onyx you know souls of mischief you'll have the death row logo and yeah. stuff like that so we appreciate that bad boy as well so we appreciate that and that's something that you know as long as we're living we could hold on to that era and continue to teach the kids about how we grew up you know and how we branded ourselves as bands
0: and it's ironic that we're living in, in a world where image images and and images that pass in front of us so quickly every day on our phones and how images should be so important and they are so important important yet they can't figure out how to brand themselves properly <laughs> right, it's
1: crazy right, right.
0: it's crazy um i was i was just thinking
1: like because to me it almost became kind of cartoonish in a sense where later on some rappers all they could really bring to the table is tell each other how many times they've been shot and in the video for hip-hop array there's this scene at the end where it's almost kind of like oh is there going to be one of those scenes and then everybody pulls out nerf guns i just (laughs) wanted where did that come from that is so interesting and so fun and yeah that was that
2: that came from us and to be honest, if you look closely at the video, that's the late, great, legendary Eazy-E who pulled yeah. out the water gun and started shooting. Yeah. <laughs> so we felt that back in the day, you know, especially then the violence was increasing and Death Row was mm-hmm. taking along and you were coming off of N.W.A. And for us, you know, Naughty. We have that street edge, but we definitely have that party vibe and that inclusive feel-good vibe. And we wanted to show people that in the hood, it's not all about violence and selling drugs. It's like we have fun. So that was a great depiction of, uh uh-oh, what's going to happen here? And it turns into a water gun instead of a real shootout. So that, that went along with us, and people definitely remember that.
0: Uh, you know, awesome. just celebrated the, the, the well, uh, officially, I guess, as officially as it can be, the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Um, I'm sure everyone's uh, been coming around and asking for quotes because you guys were such an important part of hip hop. Where do you think hip hop is at right now? and How do you feel about it? And I don't, and I'm not asking you to, to point fingers or anything. Cause I mean, I have my, I have my thoughts on, on, on hip hop right now and, and how I feel about it. And, and, and it's that dangerous kind of, You know, road to walk where you're, you're that angry old angry man yelling at a cloud because your your years were better, but my years were better. (laughs) (laughs) How do you guys feel? Um, What what do you listen to now that that gets you excited? What are some newer artists that you're you're hearing, maybe working with that you think people should look out for? Um, And what do you think is lacking in hip hop now?
3: I just think that it's lacking diversity. That's all. You know, I think everybody's kind of caught sounding alike and looking alike a little bit. And like you said, like not to be complaining about it or not sound like a grumpy old man or anything, because there's always been good music and there's always been bad music. That even in our time, there were some people that was whack, you know, some people that didn't make it and some stuff that didn't make it. And you're just like, I don't really like it. Same as now. Same thing. I just I would just to see I would just like to see personally a little more diversity, man. People trying and saying a couple of different different things and doing a couple of different things. You know, other than everything sounding exactly the same and looking exactly the same. That's all.
2: I was I would say, you know, we're suffering from be careful what you wish for because Uh, hip-hop music started on indie labels. You know, there were a lot of great indie labels, uh, Cold Chillin' Records, Sleeping Bag, Next Plateau, Tommy Boy, and they were really independent and they were rebelling against the major corporations who had the big hair rock groups and everything was corporatized. So now that hip-hop has grown, it's become corporatized. And like even uh, Prince said, There's a bunch of lawyers and accountants running the music industry, and they're not even music guys. I was saying this to Katie the other day. I mean, some of your big streaming services, CEOs, these guys are billionaires, but never wrote a song in their lives, never participated in music. They're just straight businessmen who pulled money from VCs to start these DSPs. And now there you have it, you know, and they're making all the money and stripping it all away from the uh actual artist. So once it becomes corporatized and it becomes watered down and it's all about a stock price. They're just pushing music out. There's no artist development. They really don't care. They're just trying to reach quotas and more of the same and less diversity is possible. That's all they care about. So, you know, I think we have to get back to, and there is, there's a lot of great indie music now, but it's not coming from the labels, it's coming from a bunch of individual artists. And the problem is, is that the funnel is so flooded. And then a lot of indie artists don't necessarily have the resources to break through like they did last time because there's so many more, it's such easier uh, to get this music out. So a lot of great music is being lost in the sauce, think as music lovers you really have to dig in and yeah. dive in and you will discover you know great music so i wouldn't say that there's not good music out there i would just say that the music that's pushed in your face is corporatized and they have the big marketing budgets to put it out there and get it in front of you easier
0: and it's funny because um it almost brings you back to the time and and um Okay, well, uh, you'll you'll relate to this. It brings it back to the time when you were digging through, looking for stuff to create. Like you got to dig through all these crates to find right. something, and that's what it's like now. But there, I agree with you. There is good stuff out there. There, there's lots of great music. And I think what's exciting now is that a kid in his basement can have a microphone like this and a laptop. And if he's got, you know, the willingness, there's no more. There's no gatekeepers anymore. You know, he right, can get his right. music out directly to people and if he's got however
2: one thing I do miss, I do miss the garage band. You know, I miss the live instrumentation and even of the live musicians a lot of the live rock guys they get pushed out and a lot of this music is electronic it's yeah. produced faster there's less collaboration you know you as you get older and as you look back you really appreciate the collaborative efforts of a four or five piece band sure. and everyone coming yeah. together and creating songs so now we're in a much more selfish me 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 yeah. i i i kind of era that hey you could sit in your room by yourself create everything and no you know i love guys like russ but you know he's self-produced self-contained but i definitely missed three more guys creating oh, with yeah
0: i mean the, the you know the 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 hip-hop group was modeled after the rock and roll group i mean it was still a group you know it was still a bunch of people together and and you know dmc tells the story the best i mean the, the, the dj was he was the band he was the rock group you know Right. Um, when Daryl talks about how they put, uh, you know, walk this way, he just says, you know, he talked get that toys in the attic record. Like that, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a different thing. Um, I don't know why I was just thinking about this, what, about bands that are, are really, really good at marketing themselves. Now, one of the one that comes to mind for me is run the jewels, uh, run the jewels have an incredible, incredible, um, marketing scheme, marketing sense, um, great live shows, great branding. So there is hope, you know? So the, 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 the you know, the foundation that all you guys laid, there are still people that are taking notes from that. Definitely. It's just, I think, I think it's just a matter of, of people wanting to, wanting to give a nod to what came before and, uh, and realize that, you know, you, you can be taught. And I think that's the thing, like you were saying, been like, you know, me, 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 we're so isolated that we have to remember, we have to have mentors, we have to have teachers, that we have to have be able to listen to those people that came before us.
1: Yeah, and collaborators. Absolutely. And it also seems that some of the people who are, just to say about the way younger kids are going about it with the me, 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 you were saying, is that people are more like influenced by people who have a large number of followers as opposed to uh, skill. And that <laughs> well, seems to be what they're most attracted <laughs> to right now yeah. is that, uh, yeah. you know, they, they want instant fame and they don't want to actually go through the process of making themselves great because we all know success is when uh, preparation meets opportunity and uh, they kind of just want the success right, right away overnight based on, you know, how hot they are and a, a little bit of uh, the throwing into town there. That's my angry sh- man shaking uh, <laughs> fist story. But I just got to say really quickly, the first time I ever heard your music actually was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Will is washing his <laughs> car outside. but. It's Jeffrey, who the character who is very, 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 very polite, very proper. He's dancing to the music and he's like, you're not down with OPP. <laughs> and it's, it, was, it was just awesome. Uh, d- did you find that, um, you know, a large part of your success was because so much mainstream like shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would play the song yeah. in different places and, you know, get dorks like me to uh, pay attention? To-
3: no, absolutely. And, and we know. We know that, you know, even MTV and with the guys even remaking a song and making down with MTV helped Mm -hmm. us push that record elsewhere. So we understand, you know, that it was a lot of different marketing plans, ploys that allowed us, you know, and allowed the record to spread and, and spread out like wildfire. So we definitely appreciate that. We understand that. And it continues to happen and it continues to happen to this day, even in in, in, uh, movies and on television shows, you know, ESPN, all of the different, you know, different things that's going on. You continue to um, hear that record and they continue to keep it alive.
2: And we had a a strategic partnership, which is how our song got on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Big shout to Will Smith, big shout to Benny Medina. So Benny Medina was Will Smith's um, manager at the time. He was also an executive at Warner Brothers Records. So Benny is the one who actually signed us to Warner Brothers Records, and our project got handed down to Tommy Boy Records because we were... Uh, signed to Queen Latifah's management. So with Benny Medina being the executive producer of our album, he was also the executive producer of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And when we got OPP out there, that plug happened. So it was a little nepotism there. And uh, again, when we look back at it and we look at our careers, times a lot of our peers, you know, a lot of our peers are successful and they've had X amount of success. But when we size up, you know, what we were able to do and and how far our music was able to go, we're like, wow, we were really, truly blessed, you know? And to be able to still play urban crowds or we could play like an EDM crowd, we could play some of these uh, dance you know the dance uh crowds and even you know go out there like pop stars with with new kids on the block yeah. it's like yeah. it's dude i want
0: to cut my hands off to plate. watch that show you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> uh, i remember um i remember i was in a band in the early 90s and i remember touring mm. and, and you know we're from uh, ryan and i are from montreal canada and i remember crossing the border driving to toronto and getting pulled over for speeding and who was i pulled over by i was a Pulled over by the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, and yeah. I remember looking at the officer and going, "Hey, I'm down with OPP," and he did not <laughs> like my joke at all, at all, <laughs> at all, at all. And whenever I see that little shoulder badge on on an Ontario Provincial Police officer, that's all I think of is OPP.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people tortured them with that. <laughs> we had, we got introduced to them in um in um, I, I, 1991 I, as well, like late 91. Yeah, we we were, um we went to Toronto for the first time, and it was mayhem. It was madness. They put we had an in store in the mall, and it was wow. going crazy. It was so many kids. It was just, it was just, it was just madness. It was yeah. madness out there. <laughs> and they and we saw the cops, and it was OPP cops. We were like, wow, the OPP. It was like, yeah, this is funny. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: before we let you go, I just gotta. I want to ask you about this new project that you guys are working on. Uh, Next by Naughty. Um, there's some uh, new music coming out at the end of the month. Can you guys tell me a bit about that?
3: Yes, yeah, the Next by Nature project is a combination of um, me and Ben from Naughty by Nature and um, the guys from R&B Group Next. Okay. So it's an R&B hip-hop project, a collaborative project of the two bands. And it's really great. We have a great project. We have the first single called That's Me that's coming at the end of this month. And then we have the album coming soon after that. So be on the lookout of that. we look out for that. It's great,
2: yeah. And we have um, a concert that we're producing now as town Sluggers. So. You know, Kay and I, again, we have a group called Town Sluggers, which yeah. is KG, myself, and Slugger, the bear, and mascot. So mm-hmm. K and Slugger are the DJs and producers. And we're going to do the Marshmallow, DJ Khaled thing by produce new artists, develop new talent, uh, put on concerts so up-and-coming talent will have a chance to perform, you know, and open up for some of the larger artists that we're um you know, that we're booking to put on these shows. So eventually you'll have the Slugger Music Festival, but we have the Slugger Music label and tons of new music coming out with, with new artists.
3: Yeah. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to even check us out, but, we, you know, we do a great set where we mash up hip-hop and rock together. Oh, and yeah. While yeah.
0: yeah, over yeah.
3: It, it's really, really great. And that's good. Well, so,
0: like I know, mentioned, yeah. this guy is part of the family. He, he got him in the family photo here d all right. so yes, we're, we're we're all about our hip-hop artists and uh and yeah. rock and roll together so i mean yeah. Uh, yeah no that's definitely been on the radar and guys thank you so much for taking the time it meant a lot to me and to ryan um both being fans for years and the fact that we're celebrating 1993 um 30 years later um and people are and and again whoever did the video um the spike video with the uh the tidbits of information whoever put that together i encourage people to go check that out we'll put a link to it there's a, a vivo version of the uh, of the hip-hop ray video but with all these little tidbits of information production notes all this stuff that you guys gave it's brilliant to watch so i can yeah. encourage people to definitely check that out and uh and thank you really 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 a pleasure for both of us
3: yeah all right cool. you, no problem yeah thank you
1: that's guys thanks guys See, after they told that story about like the tour they went on with New Kids on the Block and all these other bands, it's like, man, I once for a bachelor party for uh, my friend Devin's bachelor party, we went all the way to Toronto and saw like Aqua and the (laughs) Vega Boys and all this other shit. All this other stuff that I wouldn't be caught dead paying to see when I was like 13 or 14, but at the same time, I was always kind of rocking to it. I always liked Aqua. Yeah, but but Vega Boys and Right Said Fred were not bands I thought I would go see. But Jesus, in a package like that, yeah, to just really truly embrace 1993 for for its time, and just. You know, I, I didn't bring it up to them, but I, I kind of wish I would have. I'm like, I think it was more harmful to music to carpent mentalize it by putting it on different floors in HMV, let's say, where if you're in a metal section, the chances of you wandering into the rap section, is pretty low. Right. And I get it. If you want to get see some deep cuts, you kind of need to separate the genres. But I just missed that kind of like random Walmart rock pop thing where Metallica is next to Hanson. Yeah, because. You know, there's nowhere else to put it. Right. I think it should just be called music. Music.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) It's like every, like everything, everybody needs labels to make themselves feel comfortable and to, and to, and to feel like they're, they, they can put themselves in these, like you said, compartmentalize and put themselves in these nice little silos. But, uh, the reality is that music is, um, is for everyone. And if you can open your mind up and listen to all kinds of music, you'll be a better person for it. I've always believed that music is the great healer. Um, and it's the great, uh, bringer together of worlds and of people. And, uh, it always has been, it always has been. So, um, this was really fun, man. I, I was smiling the whole time. And at one point I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, I remember watching those guys in the early nineties and being like naughty by nature are so fucking cool.
1: <laughs> I was like, these guys don't age. Cause I saw a 30 year music video like two hours ago. Yeah. And uh, they could have just jumped out of the screen, literally, because it, uh, you know... I know, I know. I I look different from 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you were like, what, two, 30 years ago? Um, Uh, That was like nine. So listen, Ryan, uh, this was was fun. It's so much fun to have you on this journey with us um, and doing this together because... These are these are fun moments that we're gonna remember when we're in our old rocking chairs going, remember when we talked to Naughty by nature? <laughs> it's gonna be one of those. Um, but
1: yeah, definitely check I, it out. I, I will always think, uh, remember when I made them laugh. You know, that's always a oh. that's always something you could take with you.
0: So definitely check it out. Nin- nineteen ninety-three. It's the 30th anniversary of the record featuring the legendary hip hop array track. And uh they've got a lot of great stuff coming. Um, check out Vin Rock and DJ K G. They both got uh, lots of projects going on and uh, and we will definitely try to follow up with them as more stuff comes uh, thank you to heartbeat hot sauce the heartbeat of the rockman power hour definitely check them out at HeartbeatHotsauce.com and use our promo code rockman 20 get 20 percent off your entire order of heartbeat hot sauce and you can use the code over and over and over again there's no limit like a loop <laughs> like a loop. one of my my buddy blake from ottawa just told me he goes I used your promo code and I got 20% off my order and I was so happy and I can't wait to order again. I'm flying through the stuff. Hey, man, I don't blame you because this stuff is great and uh, definitely check out Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And a thanks to Studio House Designs as well for helping us look fresh. Ryan's rocking his pinhead long sleeve. It is a great one. Um, and uh, thank you to you, Ryan Stick, my co host. Thank you. Thank you, to our, Thank
1: you for to you, Jason Rockman, for
0: asking me to be part of this. This is amazing. God, it's a love fest. Thank you to, uh, yeah. speaking of love, thank you to our Uh, producer, Julia Kajerski, who we both love very much. And thanks to our friends at AKG for keeping us sounding better than we've ever sounded before. Got to love these microphones and I got to love these headphones. Oh Lord. It is like butter in here ever since AKG has been on board. So thank you to AKG and H1 media for helping us get that connect going. We absolutely appreciate them. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this journey and we'll see you next time. On the Rockman Power Hour, and until then, hip hop parade. Ho, hey, ho! Can you at least go in the same direction as me? Oh my God! If you're We're on Zoom, it's never going to link up. <laughs>